Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all of these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. On the morning of the resurrection, two disciples are leaving Jerusalem utterly confused, rejected, and disillusioned. They are heading home, not knowing what to expect. Along the road, they encounter Jesus. However, they do not recognize him. He initiates the conversation by asking them what they were talking about. As Jesus accompanies these disciples on the road, they gradually open up to him and reveal their fear, discouragement, and confusion. In a sense, they unburdened their souls to this stranger. Jesus is quite blunt in his response to these disciples. Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe. What Jesus does next is very interesting. Rather than reject them, he decides to enlighten them. Jesus opens up the scriptures by explaining salvation history. Jesus reveals to them that all history points to his role as a suffering servant who had to die so that he could rise to new life. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. In the previous talks of our mission, I spoke about how Mary and the sacraments help us to encounter Christ. Our Blessed Mother helps us to know her Son. We are configured to Christ in baptism and healed by him in the anointing of the sick. The road to Emmaus shows us that we should also recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread. One of the earliest titles given to the Eucharist was the breaking of the bread. This term is first used in the Acts of the Apostles. Given this fact, then every time we celebrate the Eucharist, we should have an Emmaus experience. In his book titled Confessions, St. Augustine speaks about how the Eucharist has power to transform. He writes about a mystical experience where the Lord said to him, I am the bread of the strong, eat me. But you will not change me into yourself. It is I who will change you into myself. All food becomes part of us, and we draw strength from that food. In Holy Communion, we become one with the food we eat, and this makes us spiritually stronger. We are united to Christ and to one another. This, then, offers another aspect of the Eucharist that is so important. It unites us with God and is a foretaste of heaven. 
At communion, we are momentarily united with Christ and still bound by earthly realities. When we die and enter God's kingdom, we are joined with him most perfectly for all eternity. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and they returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The two disciples that we see at the end of this gospel are very different from the two at the beginning. They encountered the risen Lord and they were transformed. With burning hearts, they now had to return to Jerusalem to share the good news with the other disciples. In many ways, the road to Emmaus mirrors our life journey. We can relate to the disciples who feel disillusioned and are afraid of the future. During these times, we need to turn to Jesus, who walks with us. He is always there, even though we may not recognize him. The resurrection of Jesus reminds us that the promise of everlasting life that we received at baptism, we are buried with him in death so that we can rise with him to new life. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states, Heaven is the ultimate end and fulfillment of the deepest human longings, the state of supreme, definitive happiness. Heaven should be our ultimate goal in life. We should want to be with Jesus forever in paradise. As a bishop, my most fundamental responsibility is to help all of us to get to heaven. How do we prepare for heaven? The most basic way that we can do this is given to us by St. Paul. He states, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. We need to focus on our love for God. We do this throughout our lives by loving others, by keeping God's commandments, by acting justly and mercifully, and by walking humbly with our God. In this life, we not only love God, but we also love others. When someone we love dies, this can be very painful. Even Jesus wept when he was told of the death of his dear friend Lazarus. To mourn is very natural. However, as Christians, we do so with faith. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. St. Paul reminds us that as Christians, we grieve with hope because we believe in the resurrection of the body. We believe in what happened on the road to Emmaus. Jesus is not dead, he is alive and promises that same eternal life 
to each one of us. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishability, and this mortal body must put on immortality. The resurrection of the body brings us great hope. At the beginning of our mission, I stated that fear can be one of the greatest distractions in the spiritual life. During our time together, we have seen how we can overcome that fear by trusting in God's love and compassion. I wish to offer one final image that can help us to overcome our worries and fears. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Jesus offers us the example of a child. He tells us that we need to be more childlike and not childish. The way we do this is to be more humble. The opposite of humility is pride. We think of Adam and Eve who were filled with pride because they believed that they could be God's equal. They wanted to be independent, believing that they did not need God to care for them. Children are dependent, and this helps them to be humble. Children should not worry about life because they know that they will be cared for by someone who loves them. When something frightens them, it is a parent or grandparent who brings comfort by saying, I am here, do not be afraid. I love you and will not let anything hurt you. When you love someone, you want to protect them from harm. It is the same with our God. All that we need to do is to trust in God's love and compassion. In this chapel, we have a shrine to St. Therese of Lisieux. Here you will find a beautiful reliquary of the saint who is called the Little Flower. St. Therese's spirituality was based on a childlike trust in God. Her little way led her to God as a child relates to a parent, with open arms and great trust. To be little and humble is the way to God. She wrote in her autobiography, The Story of a Soul, the following. The good God would not inspire unattainable desires. I can then, in spite of my littleness, aspire to sanctity. For me to become greater is impossible. I must put up with myself just as I am with all my imperfections. But I wish to find the way to go to heaven by a very straight, short, completely new little way. We are in a century of inventions. Now one does not even have to take the trouble to climb the steps of a stairway. In the homes of the rich, an elevator replaces them nicely. I too would like to find an elevator to lift me up to Jesus, 
for I am too little to climb the rough stairway of perfection. She found that elevator in Jesus, who would carry her in his arms like a child. Saint Therese of Lisieux was able to touch God's compassion. She did not need to worry or to be afraid. Allow Jesus to lift you up. I wish to thank you for taking the time during our mission to reflect upon God's great love and compassion for us. I will pray that God will bless you and help you to trust in him. Be not afraid.